2: Welcome to the family with
3: co-host
1: Catherine
2: Brandt, Tevin Pittman, Alex Brand
3: Bernard
1: Rasmussen, Andy Brandt Bernard, and Cassie Schrader.
2: This is Tom Bernard. We'll be right back to kick off hour two with the family. Where's the manager? <laughs> Walzer Automotive presents car selling secrets. Join me, Tom Bernard, and Doug Sprinthal as we talk cars, how to buy them, how to lease them, how to make the most of your money, and much more. What's it going to take to earn your business right now? Tune in every Thursday from 2 to 3 Central or download it on the Tom Bernard podcast page. I don't know.
0: I think I'm going to have to think about it.
2: We are back, ladies and gentlemen, and you're a real tough cookie. <laughs> Did you play that because of the American Idol thing or whatever? Was it American Idol where that woman said the only reason she knew what that song was is because of Guitar Hero? No. Oh.
4: Did you hear about that? No. Oh. Yeah, it was really cool. Uh, so that's like half of my classic rock Yeah, really. from Guitar Hero. Yeah, Really? Yeah.
2: Is it? Well, that's what they said. They said Guitar Hero, here's another business model I don't understand. So they played all these songs in Guitar Hero that people of your age would never have heard. Even people Mm -hmm. forty probably would have never heard them, but they played them on Guitar Hero, and people knew the songs and ended up loving them. You know why Guitar Hero went out of business? Because they made eighty games. Because the uh, the people whose uh, music they used wanted so much money the The company Guitar Hero didn't make any money and went out of business. It would seem to me that if you had a reasonable charge for using your music and your image that you would have all made money. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But instead you got greedy and had to have it all and now you don't have any money coming in. What sense does that
5: make? Well, it's probably why they had to keep making a new game every 45 minutes is because they made a game and then the people wanted so much royalty that they had to make another game in order to pay for that royalty. And then in that second game, those people wanted more royalty. Yeah. And it was basically right. like a one-company pyramid scheme.
2: They, they accidentally yeah, pyramided themselves out of business with all the royalties. <laughs> yeah, well, they did. <laughs> They did, but I mean that's the problem. How do you not have the common sense to no, know that's not how business works? If we all make some money, we all make money. If you want all the money, we're going to have to go out of business because right. we don't make any money.
3: Because some, once something is wildly successful, everybody wants to grab it all yes, right yes, off they they the do. bat. Yeah, exactly they, don't, they don't look down the road. Oh, this could make us money for a long time. They just right. want it right now. Mm-hmm. Grab it all.
2: We I don't know have a caller guest. When are they coming out with Radio Hero? That's what I want to know. Mm, they have DJ Hero. <laughs> any, d-
3: any day now. What are
2: you <laughs> laughing about, sister? I heard that laughing in the background. <laughs> I heard you. Is that Rick? It is. Rick Harrow, how you doing? You know, I gotta I tell people up front, uh, we talked to Rick this morning in the Cakey Morning Show, and unfortunately, Rick's life has been ruined because he's a friend of Bob Sansevier's. So, you know.
3: Uh, me too. It's uh,
2: uh, see,
0: yeah, I can you hear me? I just want to disavow that friendship now and forever, okay? I just want you no to know We just got we I just want to tell you I just got through with lunch and the the uh, the finances are such where he has no more leverage over me and I just want to tell you that that the comment that I made to you and your family and everybody else Tom 4 hours ago that I love him, that is erroneous. I do not. How's that?
2: <laughs> well, there you go. No, hey, hey, you know what?
0: I am I am totally kidding. Obviously, Bob has been a great friend for a long period of time, and that's the thing that we need to figure out how to um, help uh, promote this uh, this this tour off of this book. I'm really excited about the Sport Business Handbook, and Kevin Warren's in it, and and the Commissioner of the NFL, uh, former Paul who's in it, and the HKS Architects who built. U.S. Bank, so there's a lot of local flavor. And also, the guys, by the way, who are here, guys and gals, for the basketball tournament, Jerry Colangelo, who is the um, right. Uh, uh, right. USA basketball guy you may know, and Coach K, who is my hero, wrote the forward and he's the coach at Duke, by the way, has a little bit of time on his hands this week, unfortunately, if you're a Duke fan. Yeah. And Shane yeah. Battier and, and uh, Jay Billis and, and uh, Robin Harris, the head of the Ivy League. So many friends turn into contributors, and sidebars on this book, and I love it. It's a labor of love. Uh, proceeds go to Special Olympics, and it defines the 50 years of the sports business. That doesn't mean I'm connected. It just means
2: that I'm old. Yes, that's exactly what I that's not what I was thinking. I think you are no, connected. No, it's not. The I don't know you well <laughs> enough yet. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> okay, never mind, never mind. The Sports Business Handbook, insights from 100-plus leaders who shaped 50 years of the industry. Fascinating talking to you this morning uh and and the book i think is going to be be a big seller do really really well because people don't get this take on the sports business as a business no and w- no
0: and one of the things that we're doing is and i've been doing this for a, for a you know for years and i actually the irony is that i um went to harvard law intending not to be a corporate lawyer and seized upon an opportunity as a south florian by the way i live in in jupiter florida and so uh i know that's uh you know a very good place to spend the winter uh from personal experience. Uh And Uh the bottom line is that I learned uh about hockey from Florida. So when I went to Harvard Law, my first instinct was this is not the way you play it, fighting. It's and I ended up writing a thesis on the excessive violence and the criminal law in hockey, got a criminal law professor to take interest, and the deal was if you win a squash game, meaning me he would get, write me a hall pass. I could get out of my courses and help define what sports law would be about because he said there's no such thing as sports law. And if, if, if he won, I'd shut up and be a normal corporate uh, um, person and do the law stuff that was needed. The dirty little secret, two things. One was he was 81 years old when I played him, and I guess it's no longer a secret. And second is... My squash coach was my then-roommate, uh, John Roberts, who is the Chief Justice of the Supreme Court. And he's a darn the good squash Court. player. So John helped <laughs> define, excuse me, Mr. Chief Justice helped define the field of sports law as it exists today. What do you think of that?
2: I think it is unbelievable to tell you. First of all, it's a great idea, something that didn't even exist that occurred to you. I think it just was a really good idea. Uh, I don't know. After you, you disconnected, you probably didn't hear my comment afterward. But I said, I wonder if Rick's parents, after he started this whole sports thing, went Harvard Law School. What a waste of money! What a waste!
0: <laughs> what a waste! Yeah, actually, I'll get I'll get I'll get kind of misty for just thirty seconds because I know that like it's valuable. But my my um, my my life in South Florida kind of took a turn. My dad died when he was eleven of melanoma, tragic. But the last thing I remember was in the hospital giving me four expansion tickets for the then Miami oh. Dolphins in 1966, and he said, oh. "You know, son, we're going." to the games uh, three months from now, and he knew he wasn't going to make it for those three months. And so, you know, Mm -hmm. 11 years old, you say, here's the destiny. And in high school, uh, you know, you want to go to college and, and then law school. And in law school, I wanted to come back, and the whole goal was to get sports franchises and facilities in town. We got the arena done, got the Miami Heat done, got the Panthers and the Marlins. And the next thing led to the next thing, and I ended up consulting. With the NFL and otherwise, to get public-private partnership money for all of the stadiums, the politics of all of that is very controversial. But it's like building a house. You in sports, you don't, you can't get anywhere without a new facility, as people who've been in U.S. Bank can attest. And then the bottom line is, why not leave a legacy? Because nobody's getting any younger. And these are a hundred of the business associates and friends from Jack Nicholas to Don Shula uh, to uh, uh, Joe Castiglione to Steve Ross to Kevin Warren, who, you know, is a, a great friend who is the president of, of the Your Vikings. And the bottom line is it wasn't didn't take much to have an ask of, of why don't you contribute? Of course, you know, what can I do? How do I do it? And the book is a labor of love kind of acknowledgment of the growth of the business and also advice for people who want to get in it or want to know a little bit more about it. And there's nothing like it. And, and I do appreciate your time on this one because uh, – you know, even uh, Sansevier wanted a free copy, but he ain't get one.
2: <laughs> well, no, it goes to a good car. <laughs> <there laughs> Sansevier wanting something for free? At sun- what, that, by the way, Rick, Isn't that a shocker? <laughs> really, just a shocker. Yeah. Rick, yeah, have shocker. you ever eaten right. pizza with Bob Sansevier?
0: Um No, but I... I, I, I Don't do it. Don't do it. I got to protect oh. my fingers and toes because, you know, like sometimes... I have a I have a a, a, a really uh, high appetite dog at home. And sometimes, you know, they don't understand where the pizza stops and the fingers start. So I think that's probably <laughs> that's the best That's true. Thing,
2: right? <laughs> he literally, the first time I ever made, ate a pizza with Bob, well, he got he gets his own pizza, first of all. So yeah. he gets a pizza, and he, he starts peeling the cheese off it and eating the cheese. Oh, no. And then he take each pie-shaped cut out of the pizza, the crust, and stack it up. So it was about almost a foot high of crust. He never ate any of the crust. He just ate the tomato sauce and the cheese. And I said, why didn't you just get, like, cheese sticks and dunk them in sauce? (laughs) Well, we, can we, he's going to kill me for this, but I don't care, because why
0: not? So we just had lunch where he ordered a quesadilla stuff without any of the normal quesadilla stuff in it. So it looked like the most boring thing I've ever seen. But that's all right. We're not supposed to talk about that either, are we?
2: Right. Exactly. Nah, tough hoppy. He, he can handle it. He's, he's tough enough. Yeah. Not a problem at all. He can definitely all. handle it.
0: Yeah. So oh, by the way, you know, so I, I just wanted to, to tell you yeah. about the business of this stuff. The, the good thing about, about this kind of world is the goal of this book and kind of what I've done with life is to appeal, as I said earlier, to the sports-interested person who's not that mm-hmm. day-to-day affixed to it. So I want to make sure that people who are casually interested – appeal uh, You get turned on by the stories, you know, what made people get into sports. Why is the commissioner of that National Hockey League excited about his current position? And there's a lot of really good stuff in there for people who are not just the intense academics, but the casual viewer as well.
2: You know, Rick, I have to ask you a question because Thursday, obviously, Rick already told me this morning, well, as soon as I hang up with you, Tom, I'm uh, going to Augusta. So, you know, good for you, but uh, (laughs) I got to tell you something. Well, I have to ask you something, actually. When you see the caliber of a player like Tiger Woods, and now he's gotten a little bit older, and, you know, he's still competitive, but not at the, the same, anywhere near the same area that he, those heights he climbed to, does this... This night, this win by Jack Nicholas at 46 years old in, in the Masters, does that, that has to make him the greatest golfer of all time, I would think, at 46 to win the Masters.
0: And I, as you know, Jack is a contributor in the book, and he lives down uh, near me in Palm Beach Gardens, mm-hmm. and we talk all right. the time, and I used to work with Golden Bear, and He is, look, he finished second more than anybody alive times two. So even when you take his seconds and his first, he is incredible by anybody's stretch. But the the leverage of those of us who continue to play but realize in your mid-40s you're not done, the ticket for the average badge price this year for the Masters is about $2,500, which is up 15% over last year. Compared to the year before and the year before, why? Because everybody thinks Tiger has a shot this year.
2: Yeah, well, wouldn't it be wonderful? It'd be great for the game of golf because I know golf is is suffering among people under forty. Uh, some people do play, but nowhere near the number when when we were in our thirties uh, joining jumping in on the game. So yeah, I, and I, I don't think know. That's I, fair. I hope it does
0: work. Yeah, well, I hope it does work. But also, it's it's not just you know what's happened in Augusta last week. They had the the women amateurs who played right. that hallowed ground, which is nice, and then they have the drive, putt, and chip for the kids. So the guys at Augusta National are realizing, like everybody else, in order to make golf more friendly to everybody, you've got to open it up and you've got to make sure it appeals <laughs> yep. to not just those of us in our demographic, if you know what I'm saying.
2: You know, I talked to Rick Riley last week. And we were talking about the fact that I I haven't played golf in about three years, but I started playing golf at 39 years old. I took the game up. So I've never really been any good, but, uh, you know, he talked about how Trump cheats constantly at golf. That's what his book is about, which he does. I mean, there's no, I know people that played golf with Donald Trump and he cheats all the time, but he said, you know what I love? He said, Tom, what's the best thing that ever happened to you in golf? And I said, well, even though I was, you know, Twelve to an eighteen to sometimes a twenty-four. It all depends on how busy I was. I did have two holes in one, and he said that's the great thing about golf: that that day you were better than Nicholas, you were better than Tiger Woods, or anybody else on those particular holes. It, it just that is the great thing about golf, and I wish young people would understand that you can do things in golf that you can't do in any other sport. Wouldn't you agree? I've had totally. I've had two
0: holes in one, and they came two days apart and they were both with my accountant my lawyer and my investment banker <laughs> and so between the four of us we had absolutely no credibility so it's like all oh, right, you made it up you want to, you want to come in here <laughs> it's
1: fine. that's There's no credibility wonderful at all.
0: and not at all and you know i'll play maybe 200 rounds a year seriously and i do it as part of business development you know i don't want to work right. with somebody these days who i can't play a round of golf with and have a beer or two afterward and I have a regular group of buddies who will go to the British Open this year in Northern Ireland, and then in Scotland. You know what I'll do? I'll call you from some, from uh, from Northern Ireland, and we'll talk about these big events. And and you know, it'll be fun because golf—it's it, not just the bond of golf, but it's the bond of of, of you know, going to big events and and uh, and having people around you you care about, which is really kind of
2: cool. It is a wonderful thing. By the way, uh, just uh, where you live, I know a bunch of people at at Lolly and Bear Lakes and they're wonderful wonderful golf courses in your area there and uh, we spend some time down in West Palm Beach right across from the Okeechobee Bridge there and it's a wonderful area it's you you know have you ever uh, run into Louie Nanny when you're down yeah of course Jupiter? and yeah, Lou,
0: and, yeah and Louie's yes, a great and, and of course Bobby Orr is down there and yep. Billy Cunningham and and uh, you know uh, uh, Chuck Daly uh, rest in peace was was there and Raleigh Massimino. Mm-hmm. So there's a whole bunch of people who are retiring. In, in my Joe Namath is a is a buddy. Uh, Mike Schmidt uh, is is down there. You know a whole host of people who, when you're old enough, it's no pretense. So you know Joe Namath. Right. Look, I've got buddies who don't pay their golf bets, and Joe doesn't
2: either, so Joe
0: is no different than any of my buddies.
2: <laughs> well, there you go. Rick, we got to talk a lot more. As a matter of fact, I will, uh, if you don't mind, I'll, I'll get your number from, uh, from Andy, my son, and I'll text you my number because uh, we do spend some time down in that area as well. It would be, be fun to just get out and hit the ball. You ever you played the I, a breakers a course? Deal.
0: Oh, yeah. You ever played the them. golf
2: yeah. A ball playing that, that ocean course. It's really fun. It's a very great. short
0: course. Yep. It's a very short course, but you better keep it straight. You know, there's that one you, holdout yep. course or, or house that you got to hit the ball around, but it's a beautiful place. You and I, it's a golf date. <laughs> uh, right. I don't know. Yeah. So we'll figure it out. Uh, you call me, and we'll tee it up.
2: I will get it done. Rick, great talking you. It was really nice to meet you. And Look, Sansevier doesn't know too many jerks. I will tell you that.
0: Well, I will tell you that I finally, you know, having spent time with him today, uh, and, and now I'm one for two for the day. Thank God.
2: How's that? Yeah, there you go. One for two is good enough. <laughs> Rick, thank you, sir. All right, man. Look forward to talking with you. See you. Absolutely. Rick Harrow, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the book is called The Sports Business Handbook, Insights from 100-plus Leaders Who Shaped 50 Years of the Industry. We'll take a break. But I will tell you this. It's, uh, that guy is a very, very smart guy. Uh, graduated from Harvard Law School uh, became, he just went into the sports law field and it just he, it was his idea and he's done semi-well. I don't know if you know that or not. I'm guessing. <laughs> I'm guessing. In any case we'll be right back with the family. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? Thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love you, working
0: man. with you. We can help any
2: business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. You I still are. never liked you though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. Like <laughs> you. Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company? A better banking experience. Member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic Lasik and Cataract. Spring is here, and there's no better time to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK spring savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them I sent you and save 500 bucks on your LASIK.
1: Offer expires June 21st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers.
2: Do-do-do. Do-do-do. Doo, doo. Little Steve Miller kicking off uh, part three of hour two, or excuse me, part two of hour two. We have a guest in part three of hour two, so that's cool.
6: Totally uh, cool.
2: Totally cool. How do you pronounce our guest's name at, at uh, quarter two? I
1: think it's far hat. It is far hat.
2: farhat or farret. It is farhat. Farhat
1: or farret?
2: That sounds too much like ferret, yeah. <laughs> and that's <what> I, I, <laughs> I, know, was, I don't Probably Farhat. Farret yeah. far far would
1: far be far my far guess. Far you
2: think it's farret it instead of farhat? That's yeah, how I'd
1: far-hat. pronounce it. Pronounce Sounds it like an Irish man saying Far-hat's, ferret. Right. Yeah,
2: farret. <laughs> I was talking to the guy last week and he had a ferret with him. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you she really appreciates this if she's yeah. listening. Yeah, God, know. she's oh. hung up. She she's hung never up. talking yes. to us. <laughs> Barnyard, what are you doing? Great. Hey, my middle name <clears throat> is
1: Cass Stevens. You know how many people yeah. think I say Cat Stevens? Oh, and yeah. I get that all the time. Cass mm-hmm.
2: Stevens? Yeah, my middle name See? is
1: Cat Stevens, but they think I say Cat Stevens. Oh like, no, it's not Cat Stevens. <laughs> <laughs> Winifred so Cat you're Stevens. Like a, <laughs> yes, my parents were hippies.
2: <laughs> well, if you were Cat Stevens, you'd take about seven, eight, nine swipes at religion before you settled on one. <laughs> yeah. Hey, God, he tried everything. You know, right.
3: he had nothing but time on his hands. I'm a
2: Jew. I'm a Christian. I'm a Muslim. I'm a this. I'm a yeah. he Why he not? Wanted to, well, he tried it all. He found Why something not? made him happy. Um. You know, this next story I'm going to read is, yet again, one of those situations why I'm not a Republican, I'm not, not a Democrat, because I can't settle in on one little train of thought. Because uh, I actually like what this guy did, and, and I don't know if Republicans would or I don't know if Democrats would do or whatever, but I think it's a great point. In front of a crowded hotel ballroom at a fundraising brunch on Sunday, presumed Democratic presidential candidate Pete Buttigieg, The openly gay mayor of South Bend, Indiana, took on the vice president. That's the thing I wish that the Mike Pence's of the world would understand, Buttigieg said, after reflecting on the struggles he's faced growing up gay and explaining that his marriage to his husband ultimately brought him closer to God. If you have a problem with who I am, your problem is not with me. Your quarrel, sir, is with my creator. Uh, I I, I think that's a very smart way to go about it. And I don't know about taking on the... See, I don't, so Mike Pence, I don't even know this because I don't pay attention to that stuff. But he's—is he anti-gay? Is he anti-homosexual?
3: I have never spent any time in my life worrying about what a vice president had to say about him. <laughs> oh, there yeah. is that. Is I'm sorry.
2: Voice. That's a very—I don't good
3: know point. why. I have yeah. zero interest in the vice yeah, president.
2: Like I said, I don't even know if he is or not. I—I am I, assuming from this statement that that at least uh, Pete Buttigieg thinks that Mike Pence is is uh, a homophobe. And you know what? Those, those, that's the other thing. These little labels they have now, enough. Uh, Yeah. Because I got to be honest with you, if you translate homophobe literally, it just means you hate people. Because Homo sapiens, the homo is just the the person part of it, right? Yeah. It depends on the language of origin. I suppose that's true. Yeah, you're probably right about that. But look, I, I like that your problem is not with me. It's Your quarrel, sir, is with my creator. I think it's a good way to go about it. But I guarantee you there are going to be some people on the far right that hate him and some people on the far left that hate him because he talked about God.
3: Can't. Can we go back to judge <laughs> not least you be judged? <laughs> yeah, Let's just go back good. to that. Stop
2: judging everybody. <laughs> Honestly, you can't so bring up, up anything anymore. No. That's a tough road to hoe. Getting through life when there's not—I guarantee you, there will be somebody about. Why'd you have to bring God into it? I guarantee you, they'll be upset uh, by the yeah. like
3: I, I think sometimes people just say stuff just so that they can get their picture in the paper and their yes. story.
2: Well, he's running for president. Yes, they
3: do. So. Oh, well, there you go.
2: Uh, no, but I—I I, I do like the way he put that. Your yeah, problem's not—I don't, I I don't have, you know. I wish I'd have said I don't have a problem with you, and if you have a problem with me, it's not with me; it's with your creator. So. I yeah. like that the way he put that, you yeah. know. All of this stuff, I, I can agree with people on both sides. I, the extremists, I cannot. You get too extreme on me, I, I can't go with you. Sorry, this whole deal—you're not supposed to breathe anymore. Oh yeah, okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll hop around on one foot in a one foot square, like uh, Chris Rock suggested. <laughs> I'm sorry, <laughs> that hopping
3: takes too much oxygen.
2: That's right. You're sucking up all the excess o- oxygen, so you can't do to that hop. either. It's, uh, it's a tough road to hoe right now in America, and I, I'm hoping someday, in some way, we can actually, uh, I don't know, we can actually maybe say hello to people on the street. I do want to ask you one question about this, and I think Alex and Andy and Tevin are the best ones to talk about this. I have noticed when you're out walking the dog now. If you're, let's say you're down walking at Lake Calhoun or wherever you are, right, or Bidet to Mox- Mox- say yeah, Harriet
3: okay. now. Yeah, Lake let's H- just Harriet. talk about Lake Harriet now. <laughs> if you're
2: walking around Lake Harriet, <laughs> when young women particularly are coming the other way, they will not move over to give both parties space to walk on the sidewalk. Well, What is that?
5: got more important things to do. Than move I, don't over think for you. I don't think I've noticed that. I don't
2: know. You haven't noticed it? No. Maybe no. it's just me then. Maybe they're only doing it to me. Uh, but, yeah, they will not move over, so you have to kind of step off the side. Well, you side do board.
3: have a tendency to stare at
2: people. not <laughs> <Do you laughs> stare at anybody. <laughs> what the hell are you talking about?
3: It's that weird stare. Don't you think, though,
2: that we we literally uh, we have very little uh, compartment, comportment anymore? I mean, I... We don't comport ourselves very well. I guess is a better way to put it. I, I, why did we lose any semblance of decent? Well, not decency.
3: I don't think everybody has. It's just that when somebody is a jerk, they seem to be an extreme jerk these yeah. days. Well, that's So true. the jerks ruin it for the rest of us.
2: I guess so. I just, uh, but, but I would, yeah. If you could move over so there's room for both of us, that would be wonderful. I would, I would really like that. Uh, and if not, I'll just. Uh, Give you a a helmet spear right in the solar plexus, which will not feel good.
3: I was walking Jude this morning, and there was an elderly man on one of those little rascal things. Yeah. And I saw him coming, and I was, like, planning my, you know, route around him so he could use up most of the sidewalk. Mm -hmm. And he was so sweet. He saw me, like, I would say... A hundred yards from me, he stopped to make sure that I could go around
2: him. See, oh. there you he being, go.
3: He was being super gentlemanly. What I really I'm appreciated about. that. And then, of course, he loved Jude.
2: You know, my favorite little rascal. Uh, th- those are the little scooters that for some handicapped people use oh. the scooters, and other people. Would bring they some, might be called the
3: something else too.
2: No. No, no. It's a little <laughs> scooter type of thing. You don't want to talk about what people might might have some problem walking. Yeah, or it's called a rascal. Yeah, you see him, or him at this. We're mm-hmm. like hovering around. Yeah. Okay.
1: Hover
3: yeah, around. hover around hover. whatever they're called. Yeah.
2: My favorite story of this woman was sitting on a rascal. It was the first snowfall of the year. She was trying to get up a hill and she could not get up the hill because the back wheel kept spinning in the slush. Right. So I walked over and I said, "Just uh, do what you do, and I'll I'll help you up the hill." So I pushed her up the hill. Right. Mm-hmm. We got her all the way at to the top of the hill, and instead of just me saying, "Okay, well I will," uh, you know, I think you're you're fine from here. She floored it and threw slush from my crotch up into my face. Wow! Uh, and she just she didn't even bother to turn around; did she, she just go, kept on
3: going. <laughs> I think she did
4: actually. I think And she speed did
3: away, thing. sucker!
4: She would have just grabbed the scooter and put her back at the bottom of the hill. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> you know what?
2: But I mean, it wasn't—I don't think—by accident. She just decided I gotta go now, and she just floored it, and I got covered with slush, and went, eh, well, what the hell." It was my pleasure to push you up the hill, lady. <laughs> Don't worry about my feelings. Does that make sense? Yes. And eh, what the hell, you know. I
3: find I just, you know, I just if you just make weird noises, people will get out of your way for anything. I'm yeah, you just like talk it. to yourself oddly, you know.
2: I like it.
3: <laughs> I'm sure people think I'm psychotic because there's these birds that are attacking me because they're nesting. Yo, I walk God, by yeah. and I'm like yeah. waving my arms around because they come right up and almost bite my ear. They're scary. Okay,
2: they did. Yeah, so I'm like,
3: ah, ah, ah. Crazy but bird they lady. <laughs> I, <know. laughs> I get nobody shares the sidewalk with me because uh, you're the crazy bird lady, right? Man. Yeah, because I'm the crazy. <laughs> well, of so course, in
4: your like thigh high rain boots or whatever they were the other. Oh uh, yeah, rain. that was yes. Yep, that's that's, it.
5: that's the elevators.
4: Being
5: in an elevator with someone.
2: (laughs) Apparently, if you're going to insult someone, you better make sure that the country in which you reside will go for that kind of thing. But it didn't really work out here. When London resident Lale Sharavesh, excuse me, Lale Sharavesh, saw that her ex-husband in the United Arab Emirates was getting remarried, she fired off a few insults on Facebook. I hope you go under the ground, you idiot, was one oh. per the BBC.
3: Okay, wait. It you was... left. Bad breakup.
5: Her son's what? getting remarried?
2: What? No, her husband. Oh, I her ex- he said husband. son
5: for some reason. I was like, my word. No, no I
2: said her ex-husband. <laughs> okay, okay. Okay, let okay. me start again. Oh, okay. There we go. Bad mommy, okay. bad
3: mommy. Okay. Take
2: two for Alex. <laughs> When London resident Lale Sharavesh saw that her ex husband in the United Arab Emirates was getting remarried, she fired off a few insults on Facebook. I hope you go under the ground, you idiot. And this is the one she got arrested for saying this. Ooh, she got arrested for saying, You left me for this horse. She got arrested. <laughs> Why did she got
3: arrested for that. She
2: got arrested. That's a little what? ridiculous. So that was back in 2016. Flash forward to this year. After her ex died of a heart attack, uh, Sharavesh flew to Dubai with their 14-year-old daughter for the funeral. While there, she was promptly arrested for the old insults under the UAE's harsh cybercrime laws. Her daughter was allowed to fly home, but authorities seized Sharavesh's passport while her case progresses. I had no idea he was getting married again, so soon after our own marriage broke down... The 55-year-old says of her 2016 insults, I reacted badly, I lashed out, and now my life is in ruins. She faces two years in prison for calling the woman a horse. That's ridiculous.
5: Wow. That's oh, my God. <laughs> a little
3: over-the-top
2: maybe. Yeah. I think it's a little, right. a little harsh.
3: So, so is she a citizen of, of where? Yeah, what is—
2: uh, she, she was a citizen of, of uh, Dubai, but then she moved to London. That's why at the beginning mm. I said, when London residents. Well,
3: I understand, well, no, but, but I don't understand how she. There's a difference where between she resident got, and citizen.
2: Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, but I, she got arrested in Dubai. She got arrested in Dubai. But she, I yes. can't
5: believe it that type these things something. in London.
2: This is an international crime. Yeah, this is. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> that's right. Uh, she she might get 22 years. <laughs> she just What if her she gets Twitter 22? Account. Yeah, Facebook, Twitter. <sighs> I don't. I, aren't. I, I heard people are abandoning Facebook in droves now. Is that true? I don't know. I
4: don't know. I do I mean I, th- I don't think it's well, as popular with young people anymore. No, yeah, like people call it yeah, old. Yeah, go on kids
5: call it old
3: people internet. <laughs> what are they on? What are they doing? Is, I mean, Instagram, Snapchat. 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 No, it's, uh, I, Snapchat's no, it's Instagram. kind
5: of Instagram. on the way out too.
1: WhatsApp. What's that? What's WhatsApp?
4: WhatsApp. That's been What's around app? for a while. But no, I think no. WhatsApp has been kid. around
3: for 20 years. And is that like
4: Momo is that where the kid... The, yeah. The, the Momo puppet, challenge? Yeah. Yep. yeah.
1: Well I, but I think it's making a comeback with the younger because
4: mm-hmm.
1: I've heard the kids in the house talking uh, about it. Isn't it just it? Yeah, like and texting?
4: In, yeah, in India it's yeah. huge. Or, it's just yeah. like what's texting. app? Yeah, but WhatsApp I,
3: is just a text, a texting service that was free for you, you could yeah. you could use uh, for international travel. You could always text on WhatsApp. Yeah, like That's a, all. WhatsApp is. I have a is. friend
5: that lives in London, and before she got an iPhone, because you can always text iPhone to iPhone for free. But before she got right. an iPhone, we text message oh, yeah. through WhatsApp.
3: I'm wondering, to... I'm
1: wondering if they update it where it's kind of more like you can send pictures and stuff. I don't know.
3: Probably. Uh, well, I I have it and I had somebody who wanted to communicate with me on WhatsApp and I was like, Well, she's from another country, so maybe she has an international mm. phone or something like that. And I don't know, I used it recently and it was just a typical mm. text messing thing. The thing I think though is that people are getting sick of these corporations stealing your information yeah. and the privacy thing. Yep. So maybe WhatsApp and is the kids their solution that. to that. No. 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 I think maybe they do now. No, I, don't I don't
1: know. know. Well, another thing I'm that's popular sure. with kids is TikTok.
5: What's that? Yep. Oh, yeah. yeah that TikTok video thing. Is stupid huge. ass thing. Yeah. It? It's <laughs> kind of, of it.
1: like Instagram, but videos instead of just pictures.
5: You basically, you pantomime a music video and that's really mm-hmm. all there is to it. It's like you oh, watch a music God. video and you pantomime it and then you upload yourself having like done singing
1: that. to a song or mm-hmm. something or you can do like movie quotes or yeah. whatnot and you just you can under overlay the sound on yeah. your video yeah yeah yeah
5: kids so. are stupid <laughs> <laughs> i'm, I'm so think... interested to see like when fawn and sage are older what they're yeah going to be doing
3: There'll probably know. be a hologram app, Something. so they can send each other <laughs> holograms. Yeah, like fifteen probably years from true. now. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine what they're going to be doing. Uh, some states are better than others for millennials. Specifically, Massachusetts is really good for millennials. But uh, what's the worst state for millennials? Do you think? Idaho, Wyoming, uh, a whole st- state. You're going Wyoming, Idaho. What else you got? Mm-hmm worst state for millennials.
3: Iowa. Iowa.
5: Now.
2: Uh, oh, listen to this. You want to hear the top 5 best places for millennials? Sure, Minnesota. sure. The top top 5 states for millennials. 5 is Wisconsin, 4 is Minnesota, 3 is Washington state, 2 is District of Columbia and 1 is Massachusetts. Wow, millennials really love now, Texas. Why?
0: <laughs> yeah, they really
5: New York, love taxes. New York and right. California is not on there. Yeah, I would say it's the expensive to live weird. there. Yeah, I would say California probably
4: yeah. worse yeah. and expensive, True. and all the scandals and yeah. stuff that go on mm-hmm. out there. Yeah,
2: I would say Texas I'd,
1: would be the worst. Texas
2: is good or the worst?
1: The worst.
2: The worst. Well, you're not going to be surprised by any of the bottom five that are the worst for uh, millennials, and they're 51 because of the District of Columbia, right? So okay. Number forty-seven is Louisiana. Uh Forty-eight is Oklahoma. Forty-nine is Mississippi. Fifty is New Mexico. Well, nobody lives in New Mexico, so that's probably why it's bad for millennials. The number one worst state by far is West Virginia for millennials. That makes sense. Now, why
4: have you been to West Virginia? I've never been
1: there. (laughs) Yeah, I have.
4: Like all of like the hillbilly political incorrectness places it's probably west virginia is probably up there on the list yeah oh is it really oh yeah oh, I, I didn't all, even like, know the that mountain people uh, the- the mountain <laughs> people, appalachian people yeah there we go yes all those mountain
2: people that <laughs> mountain hang people. out with tevin <laughs> my relatives <laughs> <laughs> oh, except we'll for take Cass's a break <laughs> they're
1: <laughs> great except for cassie's relatives yeah. they're
2: great that's hilarious. That's very, very funny. All of Cassie's relatives hate millennials. I'm
4: just going to let myself out. Sure. Uh,
2: we will be back right after this. A couple of minutes from now for another, another uh, great guest coming up right after this with the family. Oh, 66 today.
4: Day, yeah. Day, what do
2: you think of that action? Well, it's going to oh, turn
1: sunshine. by the end of the week.
2: Yeah, it's supposed to be a big snowstorm. Oh.
1: Yippee! Oh, no. What I know. That? Well, it
2: happened last year on 13th.
1: Well, they updated it to where we, if the models are showing correctly, we could get up to 36 inches of snow. Oh, <laughs> my.
5: Glorious. Oh, oh, There's gosh. no way that that's
1: happening. <laughs> so it
2: happened when you guys went out for Halloween, when you were two and Andy was four, five. Yeah. Oh my God,
3: did it snow! I remember. It just never stopped snowing. I... I can
2: remember. Alex was a Alex was a witch and Andy was a mutant ninja turtle. I do remember <laughs> running through the snow, watching him run through the snow. <laughs>
1: yep. so that It was fantastic.
2: <laughs> it was wonderful. Is the doctor ready to go? Yes. Doctor, how are you today?
6: I'm doing great.
2: Mar how do you pronounce your last name? Me. Absolutely. How do you pronounce it's your last far name? Hat. Far hat. It is far hat. See, far I, hat, I never okay. try to pronounce like a
6: hat that's far away. Yeah. Far
2: hat. <laughs> like a hat that's far away. Okay, an easy wise acre. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Elizabeth Farhat, should you ban the tan? You're talking, you're preaching to the choir here because my wife is uh, really touchy about about sunburns and mm-hmm. sun tanning and all that stuff. She doesn't like any of it.
3: <laughs> well, I've had plenty of basal cells removed, and yeah. there's kind of scary. Oh, so you know exactly why
6: we're against tanning and want you to be protected in the sun.
3: Yeah, you know, it's a little bit confusing, though, sometimes because, you know, I'm like, okay, so don't ever let the sun look at me as long as you live, you know, with this fair skin that I have blue eyed, all that stuff. And, but then you go on the internet, and it's like, No, the reason why you had skin cancer is because you used um, sunscreen, and then you went into a chlorinated pool. That's what's causing skin cancer. Mm-hmm. Oh, you should actually expose your skin to the sun. Otherwise, you're, you're more at risk for skin cancer. It's like, what do I believe here? Yeah, well, that's
6: I, why I Dr. Farr I agree there's a lot of misinformation on the internet and that's you know part of the problem these days but they've done studies showing that if you use sunscreen and sun production it can reduce your risk for skin cancer and melanoma especially if you get it on your kids and so that's why it's so important because the sun damage you have when you're young actually surfaces when you get older so a lot of it is teenage years childhood when you're just running around and you're not wearing sunscreen so no. that
3: copper tone SPF4 wasn't enough? <laughs> yeah, it wasn't
6: enough. Yeah. Is what you're saying. Was <laughs> <when SPF3> the baby oil? Wasn't. <laughs> the <laughs> right baby oil and iodine? That really, wasn't I, good? Exactly. I know, I hear that all the time. I love these days they have the best sun-protective clothing out there. So for my kiddos, I always get them in those sun shirts, swim shirts, big mm-hmm. hats. Mm-hmm. Um, and the nice thing about that is um, you don't have to reapply them, I think, a lot of right. people get the sunscreen on once, but then you're out for more than an hour, and so you end up forgetting to reapply it, and that's why people end up getting sunburned even when they've said that they put sunscreen on. Um, so like right. you said, you need to put it on. If you go into a pool, you need to reapply it because if you jump in a pool, it's going it's to wash off. It's only water-resistant for up to you know, 40 minutes or so.
2: Right, Doctor Farhat, this will mean nothing to you, but I just have to make this observation. Doctor Farhat sounds exactly like my our son Andy's uh, fiance. Yeah, okay.
3: she sounds yeah, just she does like, sound Mali- like Melissa. So, yeah, her voice does sound. You
2: like do. You Melissa. sound. I thought, is this Melissa just faking me out, <laughs> pretending to be a doctor?
3: <laughs> Melissa, <laughs> a little joke on you. We can't get real guests on our show, so we have to
2: pretend. <laughs> yeah, there you go.
3: Impersonating
6: That's doctors. That's exactly it. No. Yeah,
2: this is you amazing.
3: Do sound just
6: so, like she um, does sound yeah, just yeah, like. Now you no, you know that you said that. That's
2: funny. She does. It's wonderful. Skin cancer the is uh, the most common that form of cancer. Get. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah one question Absolutely. that I get
6: is if people should go to a tanning beds before spring break since oh it is God. spring break season um, no. and that actually does not protect you from skin cancer. No. Um, the tanning beds cause DNA damage, and so even though you feel like you're doing something good for yourself, it's actually much worse than just going and wearing sunscreen and getting a little sunburnt. um the tanning beds actually cause more sun damage and cause more risk for skin cancer. Right,
5: because that's the what, um, yeah. the type of radiation that causes the DNA damage is UVB, right?
6: The, it's, yeah, it's the combination, the UVA and the UVB um, together. And there's the really... UVA is what's in tanning beds, and it actually is the uh, one that causes aging. So for people that are really into mm-hmm. like looking tan, that's the one that causes wrinkles. So if you're using tanning beds, those are the ones that are going to make you look wrinkled when you're older.
3: I remember when those things first came out. there they were advertising safer than the sun.
2: Apparently not.
3: Yeah, I remember. I, I, I'll I'll admit going in. I did go into tanning booths a couple of beds a f- couple of times, and the in, the entire time I was in there for the five minutes. I'm going, this has got to be giving me cancer. I hate this thing. <laughs> i nice. never coming back. That's nice. <laughs> I just, it was really weird. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah, I I have never been a sun tanner in my entire life, Doctor Farhat. I I don't I can't lie around on a chair. I, I, I can't go to the beach. Either. I can't do that. So I guess I'm lucky, because I have no interest in getting a tan. Usually people go, Hey Tom, you got quite a tan. And I said, No, I don't have a tan at all. I'm just stressed out. That's why my <laughs> face is red. So you know, it's a whole different deal. I uh, I just. I don't know. We, When we were on, on Christmas break, we were down in Florida on Christmas break, and my wife and I got into an elevator. There was a woman who was about 5 feet tall, maybe weighed about 85 pounds, and she looked like a piece of bacon, and yeah. I hate to say that, but she did. She looked like she was just fried in a frying pan. I, why would you want to look like that?
6: I think it's, you know, I think. They've done studies on tanning beds and tanning that it's kind of an addiction similar to any Uh other addiction. So people do get addicted to it.
2: Are you from Chicago?
6: I went to school in Chicago.
2: Oh, because you said (laughs) tanning. You said it just like a Chicago would.
6: That's a Chicago way of saying it?
2: The tan. You got a tan. The
6: other thing (laughs) I would add to what you, the story you just told is that most people are not just laying in the sun. Most people are getting their sun damage oh. just from being out and active, out and about, play, mm-hmm. you know, playing golf, gardening, walking around yeah. the lake. Most, most people are not getting sun damage from laying in the sun. It's actually just for, from being young and active and um, enjoying the few months of summer that we have here in Minnesota. So I see a ton of sun damage <laughs> kind of just neck up, you know, the farmer's pan areas. And so that's where I see a ton of skin cancers actually.
3: And isn't it, is it true that um, people even with dark skin are also, there's an uptick in, (laughs) Uh no, there's an uptick in melanoma, (laughs) right? I mean, no, because I've heard so many times um, people with dark skin are like, I'm not going to have anything happen to me. I've got dark skin. It's like, no, I think that's not
4: true. I lived my whole young adult life thinking that I couldn't get sunburned because I was black. I'm invincible.
5: (laughs) My skin is different.
4: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no,
5: I
6: see actually more sun damage in people with darker skin because they do feel like they can go out without sunscreen. So really pale people, Mm -hmm. you know, take more precaution. And I think that people with darker skin um, haven't had to do that as much. So I've seen melanomas in, you know, very dark-skinned people, any ethnicities. Um, So I think that everyone has to be cautious.
2: Yeah, I think it's just a smart thing to do anyway. but. Uh, going back to that very quickly, I—why do people, particularly I guess women, but some men do it too? I mean, their skin is so severely damaged, and there they are out in the pool deck again. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are you doing?
6: she said, it's an addiction. Well,
2: what? Yeah. yeah. So it is an addiction. Yeah. It, it really is. You're right. It's an addiction. It, they looked at like doing
6: that the the same like questionnaires they do for alcoholism. They've done for people who have like tanning addiction.
2: Why are you bringing up alcoholism to me? Way to go.
6: (laughs) (laughs) Can I ask a a quick... It's that whole dopamine release in your brain, and it's that whole addiction pathway.
5: And, too, for women, it's, you know, I think a lot, especially when I was in high school, you know, it's like everybody would want to go tanning before prom or before whatever, because it's like if you're tanner, you're prettier, which doesn't even make any sense you know like it's a desirable thing to have tanner skin which i don't understand now but there's there's so many people that went into tanning beds and stuff when i was in college and they still will post things like a friend in college that used to tan a lot she just posted something on instagram or whatever and was like any midwest girl will go the distance to get a tan, hashtag extra crispy, and I'm like, what Yikes. the hell is wrong with you? Put on some sunscreen, go under some shade. Yeah,
3: I have I have a question about. Um, how about you are supposed to, I, I believe, expose your skin to the sun, but in like the early morning or late afternoon. Is that true? Just to get some vitamin D. So, you know,
6: so the the. The time to avoid the direct sun is definitely 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. For vitamin D, people's uh, ability to absorb vitamin D from the sun really varies. So they found people in Hawaii who get sun all the time had low vitamin D levels. People in Africa had low vitamin D levels. So the sun isn't a very reliable way to get vitamin D. The best would be either from food um, or if you're unable to get it from food would be from vitamins from supplements.
2: No. Oh. No, Dr. Farhat, you brought this up already, but I want to go back quickly to cuz my wife is a big fan of what do you call the the, the shirts again and what's that called? Rash
3: guard. UPF rash, rash guard, Yeah. Well, rash guard. I have, yeah, I I have all kinds of shirts that have you, I love it's those. U yeah, U, U, yeah and they're they're it's UPF. Comfort- UPF for clothing. Yeah. SPF for sunscreen. Yep. But yeah, UPF is at yeah. least 50. Which,
2: really? Yeah. And they're yeah, yeah they're nice. Uh, Oh, yeah. I have, So like, it does work.
6: Yes. Yeah, so normal clothing, just like a T-shirt, is only an SPF of, like, 5 to 10, but the special treated mm-hmm. clothing has the sud-protection fibers in it.
2: That's terrific. Uh, a you want to say something?
5: I was to say I have a bunch of UPF clothes for my kids, and, like, my husband had a couple skin cancers removed, and mom, growing up with you, having skin cancer and stuff. And, and I think grandpa... So- yeah, Grandpa like bunch, had melanoma yeah. and stuff, and so yeah, it's like I since birth my kids have been covered in sun clothing and large hats.
6: That's perfect. <laughs> yeah. yeah, And then the great thing is that I mean you're helping them for the future. So mm-hmm.
5: it's
6: you know the all, all the sun exposure that they would have been getting now they won't have.
5: They'll thank when they I mean. teenagers. But.
6: <laughs> they'll thank me when
5: they're 70 and look 40. they look amazing, (laughs)
2: right? They look absolutely amazing. Uh, So, yeah, I I like the facts to consider before seeking a tan. The effects of tanning, whether from the sun or from a tanning bed, are cumulative. The more you tan, the greater your risk. Tanning beds are not safer than the sun. Tanning beds use the same type of UV rays, UVA, that come from the sun. I like all... You have a lot of tips on here, and I really like that. And and they all... See, to me it would seem like common sense, but then I've never been a tanning kind of guy. I've never had any interest in tanning. So, but this stuff does make a lot of sense to me, right? I'd hope so.
6: Yeah, I think the other point I wanted to add is that um, in the springtime, even when it's in the 50s, like, or 60s today, you, if the sun is out, you're still getting that sun damage. Mm-hmm. So a lot of times people only think of putting sunscreen on when it's really hot out, but we can still get a lot of sun exposure when it's sunny but cool.
2: Yeah, that makes complete sense. Well, I'll have to have you on the KQ Morning Show here when, uh, you know, after the 36-inch snowstorm we might get. Yeah, really. But uh, After
6: the snowstorm uh, melts.
2: After the snowstorm melts, we'll we'll have you on the KQ Morning Show. I'd love to talk to you on there because I think it's great advice for everybody because everybody's like, oh, that'll never happen to me. But it could happen to anybody, I'm sure, right?
6: Yeah. I mean, it's the number one type of cancer, skin cancer. God,
2: isn't that terrible? That's terrible. Unbelievable. So I will reach out to you, uh, and we have your number, obviously, and uh, I will give it to the, the Booker on the KQ Morning Show. And as, like I said, we'll have to wait till the three feet of snow melts that we're supposed to get this weekend. But you know, after that, we can talk uh, talk about it a lot. Doctor Elizabeth Farr had its Farhat. It's F A R H A T. Should you ban the tan? The answer is pretty clearly yes. Right.
1: Yes. Yeah. Thank you so much.
2: <laughs> Thank you very much. Honest to God, she sounds just like yeah. Melissa. She does. It Several got distracting
3: times. there for a while. <laughs> like I was don't. like, she sounds just like Melissa. It's like, <laughs> like
2: Melissa to thinking that she's a doctor. Is that what's going on here? Especially some of the things she said and then the cadence, yeah, yeah. Which, which she speaks, is very close to Melissa. It was. It was very, very cool. Well, so, well Melissa's yeah, got I'm my cold today, so it couldn't be her. You know what else happens in your thumb, Dan? You, you don't go
3: out in public. How do you get a cold?
2: I have no idea. Yeah, exactly. How's that ever even happen? How does that <laughs> it's it's How does Because that
5: he doesn't go out in public. He's not exposed to germs hardly ever, so his immune system is not very strong. So when he is ah. exposed to a germ, his well, body's like, what do we do? He
1: touched an elevator button.
5: <laughs> <That's true>. Exactly.
2: <laughs> exactly. exactly. 9-1-1.
1: 9-1-1.
5: <laughs> yeah, you need to. I'm all about the germs, man.
2: Nah, I understand completely. Hell of a show to kick off the week. I liked all of our guests. I liked uh, the whole shooting match. Shoot. It was wonderful. And I'm really glad to hear that Tevin doesn't have any advantage when it comes to sunburn. I'm really happy about that. Just another
3: thing for you to be upset about. I think he has an
2: advantage, (laughs) but but it's not an immunity. This is oppression! I
4: I actively made fun of my white friends growing up when they would get sunburned, because I was like, yeah, I've never been sunburned. I'm pretty sure black people can't get sunburned, so Mm -hmm. You probably were, you just couldn't
3: tell.
2: (laughs)
4: Whoops! It's a resistance, (laughs) not
2: an immunity.
1: Oh, it's brutal. There you go. There you go.
2: I like it. We'll We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.